Damn. I love that album. Love that album. Um, okay, what, uh, this is part two, part two of the mind dump. I went, I had to go for a meeting quickly, and, uh, it was for, a. we're doing, like, an exercise DVD for someone, and it was so funny, it was, like, coming up with the, the structure and just talking to the person about it, and then at one point, I just had, it, like, clicked with me, and I was like, I gotta take the class. I have to go to the class. So, um, I love one thing. When little moments like that happen, there, it's so close, the idea is so in front of your face. Like, how could I ever make a, a exercise or fitness DVD if I haven't taken the class, you know? And uh, that brings me to, I had a little, just a mini mini epiphany and I haven't taken the plunge yet because I don't um I it's such a big thing but um I'm totally I'm buying um there's I'm buying a skateboard deck my first one ever in my whole life I asked my parents for a skateboard when I was um five or six or something like that I had this vision in my head I probably even told my mom this which is hilarious um, I don't, I think, um, around my mom when I was younger, I was very comfortable with, uh, letting my imagination go, so I, I told her that I wanted to get a skateboard and a Walkman and sunglasses, and I wanted to chew bubblegum while listening to music while skateboarding down the street. I must have seen something on TV where it was like someone was listening to a Walkman, chewing bubblegum with shades, and skating a skateboard. So um, maybe my life would have turned out differently, but they didn't buy me a skateboard because it was too dangerous. Um, but anyways, there's this company called um, Roger Skateboards that did a collaboration with this awesome company called Gorf Life. And uh, to explain what Gorf Life was on the website it was like Jeff Jeff Spicoli in um Fast Times Ridgemont High legendary Sean Penn character or um god there's other that is like the main that's Gorf life where it's like you straddle the line between being like this kind of dorky loser but you don't care so it cancels itself out so it's actually like someone who's cool because and it's not like a burnout thing it's just it's this funny idea like and I love the I love the idea behind the company Gorf Life anyways I had ordered this someone had sent me years ago uh this section called bees b e e z and uh it was amazing they were like someone sent it and they said this is like mushroom skateboarding and I just remember being blown away that it was, um, there's so many amazing, uh, it wasn't even tricks. It was just pure, pure, unrestrained creativity. Um, and the, and using the skateboard in ways I had never seen before. There's amazing stuff. There's this one part where the guy flips his board into his hand and carries it like a, like a tray and just runs it around a whole 
skate park, and I just love that idea. I mean, I want to tap into that more with my own skating is um, where it's just ridiculous and weird, and you really can do whatever you want, but um, at your best you are, and at your worst you're you're being influenced by what you grew up on and everything. Anyways, so I ended up ordering a, a DVD. I think it was one of my only skateboarding purchases. I've made a conscious effort. People have laughed at me about this. I don't buy, I've never owned, um, I've maybe owned a pair of skate shoes because they're really cheap at Foot Locker when I was younger and they look cool. They were Castell something or others. Um, but I, I don't, I don't set foot in skate or skateboarding or snowboarding shops, anything like that. I don't buy any of the clothing or anything. I just that's always how I've been, um, and it's bizarre. Like it's, I'm not trying to make a statement or anything, but I never ever want to support any of those brands because they I don't connect with the philosophy at all. Anyways, so this. Roger Skateboards are the dudes who made this Bees DVD, and I ordered it, and there's actually a really nice note on the inside, like, you know, thanks for supporting us, and uh, it was cool. It has, I think, two full videos on it. They're amazing. Um, you can just look it up on Vimeo, Bees, B-E-E-Z, um, and definitely check out the Gorf Life website. So to bring it back, um, I was connected to this uh, I didn't know Roger Skateboards was the company, but I, this bees thing was awesome. Like skateboarding and, and BMX suffer the same thing that rollerblading do where there's just like this constant feel to all of the media and it's trying to be something. And when I, when I see something that, um, it goes above and beyond what the activity it is, is and goes into just this place of, uh, yeah, unrestrained creativity and expression and, it makes you laugh and it makes you feel a bunch of things. It gets, gets you stoked to do your own thing, which is what I love seeing people do. Um, so it was years later, uh, the, I got, I got an email from one of the guys from Roger skateboards who was like the guy who made the bees DVD. And apparently the same thing had happened where someone had, pointed him towards mushroom blading or our videos or whatever and uh it turned out like he was he really enjoyed he was a fan and um you know he said never in my however many years of of skateboarding did I think I would be getting inspiration from a rollerblading video and it was awesome and then he was like and it was weird at first I didn't I didn't want to openly share this because I didn't want to um, I didn't want to make it seem like it was bragging or anything, but it's a cool story that I was, I supported them because, I don't know, that we just kind of, it went full circle. So in this email, he's like, oh, and I think you're going to like, uh, one of the board graphics we did. And there's this photo, or it's like this blue skateboard with, um, a mushroom listening two headphones like listening to music and he looks like he's really happy he doesn't give a fuck like the expression on his face is he is having a good time and the mushroom is inside of a rollerblade 
and it says Gorf Life on the board. And it's probably one of the cooler things that, that's happened um, since I've started skating. The bizarre thing is that I'm saying this, and it totally relates to my original, when I asked for a skateboard, that's like the image that I had in my head of, I guess, if you skateboard, so then it's like, it comes full circle again, and it's this mushroom listening to music inside this rollerblade. The board graphic's fucking awesome. Um, so it's not, it's, like, I won't blatantly say that mushroom blading inspired the board, but it seems that way, and, um, I want that, I want that skateboard, and I don't even know how to, like, I've never skateboarded in my life. I think I've tried, like, messed around on someone's board, but I'm excited to have, like, this mushroom blading board. I'm going to go into uh, West 49 and get, I don't even know about, like, what wheels I should get or trucks or whatever. Um, but the whole thing is, I've been limiting myself for so long, and it, I'm going to be terrible at it but I got to start somewhere and maybe in like three years, if I practice just every once in a while, I might have some perception that's actually going to enhance the way I look at rollerblading or skating, inline skating, whatever you want to call it, that by, you know, playing around on a skateboard in my own way, however the hell I want. Shit, I'm even going to maybe start taking it out, rollerblading and combining it with tricks that's only gonna enhance my whole perspective on on um, using wheelied devices. So um, yeah, I'm getting a skateboard and I'm gonna try it out. It's gonna be, I have to figure out a way to like practice secretly, maybe like over in the tennis court or something. And uh, it's gonna be a whole new new ball game. My my overall goal actually is not to learn many tricks. I would love to learn how to ollie like on and off of curbs and I want to learn how to control it. So if I if I did want to use it as like a piece of transportation, um I could. It's like I mean I can ride a bike pretty confidently and if I wanted to like I could take it off jumps and stuff and I have I can hop off curbs and hop on curbs and go down, bomb down hills and stuff. I can do that on rollerblades. So skateboarding has more of a learning curve, but man, if I could do that too, why not? Why not? You know, you just got to ask yourself, why not? And usually you don't have a good answer. Your logic tries, or sorry, your conditioning growing up tells you why you, you shouldn't be doing something and um related to the first mind dump this is about this is a just a mini thing that i thought of the other day that i thought was so funny and it's never been pointed out that um rollerblading looks funny to people but hockey doesn't because hockey players are holding a stick right um some of the things about ice skating and inline skating, rollerblading, that make it awesome, is you can go fucking fast. I'm, like, really fast. Um, 
They're very maneuverable. It can be very graceful. If you just watch hockey, um, if you just watch the skating in it and don't focus on the puck, it's amazing to watch. And how fast some of those guys are. Um, I just had this this idea that like, what would hockey be if they played on skateboards or rode bikes? Like, it would be the most boring game ever if they were on. And that is just, that shows the power of skating. Hockey is an amazing sport. Like, it's so fast. And inline skates, rollerblades, are fucking fast. Like, you can go so fast on them, and they're very graceful. Um, I hope more people get over the idea of the fact that you're not holding a stick but just skating in its purest, most basic form is amazing because of its speed. Speed, man. Um, God. I'm a touch overly caffeinated today at the meeting. Um, like I said I've, many times before, caffeine is something that I struggle with because I enjoy its effects, but uh, the down of caffeine, oh man. Does it ever suck? Today might be one of those days though where I just keep going with um, getting lots of work done, recording these podcasts. Gonna have to burn it off in a bike ride. I was asking myself before recording this. I do this thing where I'll like close my eyes and feel into it and I'll be like, how does my body feel about um, doing a podcast right now? And then I'll wait and I'll go, how does my body feel about going on a bike ride? And um, I'll get this weird like, rush of feeling like you know if you hear a good song or you're at a concert and it starts in the top of your head and it goes down the back of your spine sounds bizarre but I've been doing lots lately and I felt into it and I was supposed to my body told me to record the podcast first then go for a bike ride so where the hell was I going for that oh yeah I just I got for that meeting I got like a iced coffee beverage and so I'm Having one coffee is enough in a day for me for me to be fucking wired until late in the evening. And especially right now, it's after 7 o'clock and I'm still sipping on this iced coffee. So I'm fucked for later. As long as I stay up and do something creative, it's usually rewarding. Um, but the reason I wanted to record this second podcast was because I found a list here. And... Uh, I'm gonna like separate the thing, so I'm gonna pause it now and then I'm gonna play a song and then talk about this list. So I've been going through my old notebooks lately. Uh, there's two specific note. There's the very first notebook I ever got that I think I got back in 2002. Um, the notes that made up um, our um, what would it have been? We would have just finished making 
How to Be Unpopular. And then it was like during OK Buddy and Cirque du Soleil. And maybe some of Better Than Baseball, like just notes, stone scrawlings, just everything. Like, um, And then there's the second book, which is like part of it is, a lot of it is like uh, later Kamloops era and then when I lived in Vancouver. Um, so I was just flipping through it because I'm taking notes for some other project. I'm just... I'm going through all of the old notes and collecting like pieces that I really like and then updating them. Um, it's cool having like in a database that you've created through books that you've written in. It's pretty awesome. If you can start now, uh, it's really good. I need to get a fireproof box for this shit because if the if the internet dies or something like that, this is. Uh, these are very important to me. But I found this one page near the back, and it would have been um, almost two years old, so June 30th, 2009. It says, going to actually work today, dot, dot, dot. Caffeine hangover! Exclamation. Um, but I love, I love when I have, um, there's the list that I wrote here that I'm about to read. When I have days like this, and I just, um, scrawl out a bunch of things that are in my brain but difficult to organize if I can get them out on paper I free up space for new things to come in I look back at this and I thought this is awesome like this is you could post this up in a frame and um, I, I would refine it a little bit now but um, I'll just get to the point it's my rollerblading pet peeves as of June 30th 2009 so uh, here we go take a sip of caffeinated beverage um there's about 15 of them here maybe 20 so I'll just go through them first one lack of smooth skating and then in brackets I have not keeping the fakey lack of basic skating sk skills and unnecessary strides this is still <laughs> such a huge one um, not only does do the skates, well, like freestyle, anti-rocker, um, the frame technology, the thickness of some of these boots, um, and just the grinder blading aspect of skating. There's so many people who can't skate. Unnecessary strides is such a big one that I see all the time when I'm wasting my life watching shitty shit on the World Wide Web. Um... People don't even know how to... There's a lot of people who don't even know how to take basic str strides and skate backwards. Um, if you watch that DL, the Dustin Latimer DVD, that guy knew how to skate before anything else. Not only that, but that ramp in his backyard, he knew exactly where to hit transitions he he was so like just getting comfortable with being on skates is such a big thing and um there's such a lack of actual skating in videos that that's my first thing and so it says lack of smooth skating but that just comes down to like if you gave a person a pair of rec skates would they just look super comfortable on them or would they there's just lots of people that i see that just look awkward on skates and um it's not that i'm judging these people i'm just talking about that's a pet peeve that if it's called 
rollerblading. I would love it if more people could rollerblade. A lot of my um, favorite skaters, um, Dion Anthony, uh, B-Love, Dustin Latimer, TJ Weber, they were super smooth and controlled on their skates. Um, their style wasn't traditional good style. It came from this place of comfort on their skates that they were able to do all these things because they were so comfortable on their skates. I mean, goddamn, Dion Anthony. He skated so simply, but he just, he went so fast and he was so controlled without, he was control and out of control at the same time. Um, he was the reason, I started doing um, UFO set slides. I just did UFO set slides all the time for a really long time because of that. There's a, the shot in VG6 where he, it's in the perspectives on mushroom blading edit, where he does like a quarter pipe to quarter pipe gap, long way 180, and he slides, he slides out of rolling fakie with a little like UFO set slide to forwards, and it was amazing. It just like blew me away, so then I, I took that one thing and just ran with it as far as I could, and uh, I gotta bring that shit back. I loved it, just like doing uh doing UFO set slides on everything. It's, it's a good way to approach uh, something is just do the same thing on a bunch of things. There's a lot of power in that. <laughs> he also, he gave me the idea for swiveling too because when he would come out of tricks, there would be a lot of people hop out of tricks, like they do the hop from fakie to forwards and he was, I think, the first, first person I remember that his wheels were stuck to the ground, like he would keep his wheels stuck to the ground and like actually swivel on his wheels. So that was another thing I took with, that I took with myself and, and ran with it. Um, my second rollerblading pet peeve is cheap sounding skates. This guy right here sitting in this chair that's recording this podcast, guilty in the last, uh, stuff we put up. The Mycaltic frames came with uh, really shitty hardware and uh, it's the first time I've had noisy skates in a long time and I can't stand it. I can't, oh man, a large majority of skates too these days are like make rattling sounds. It's like um, Richie Eisler is uh, um, such an inspiration to me that his skates always have super clean bearings, new wheels, all of his bolts are tight, they make the best, he just, they make the best sounds, like, I don't know if it's just that he has uh, access to lots of new skate gear, but even if, who knows, he could clean his bearings all the time, um, that if your skates just sound solid, they just make that, mm, that sound when you land something at a skate park, they just make a solid thud. Thud was one thing that I read from uh, Jake or Die. When they make the solid thud sound, they just feel better. Like, the actual experience of skating is more fun. When shit is clicking around, it, because we're, technically we're skating around on plastic toys. That's why VG6 took me forever to realize this. It was called Toys Beneath Our Feet, because they are just cheap plastic toys. When they click around, like the Tonka truck, that's when uh, Chad Watson 
the guy who got us into skating in Kamloops when we were like 12 and 13, when Razors first came out, he made fun of them, like the blue ones, the super flat. He's like, oh man, those skates look so bad. They look like they're made out of Tonka trucks. And then the funniest part is when they released the super light boot or whatever, shit, click clacks, like, oh, plastic anti-rockers. The worst. If you're going to get anti-rockers, get, like, real anti-rockers that you can crank tight that sound solid and don't click-clack around in the skate. So that's my second one. Oh, I got myself worked up there. I really don't like noisy skates. Bad bearings, noisy frames, click-clacking. Skate maintenance is underrated, man. Uh, Three, being a skateboarder on rollerblades. And then in brackets, I have skating the same famous spots, copying styles, and trends. And then in the brackets, I have culture. This one's uh, still running rampant in uh, inline skating. It's one thing to be influenced by skateboarding, but it's another thing when, like, a lot of the photos in the magazines, you can just, like photos in the magazines you can like cover with your hand and it just it looks like a skateboarder like a skateboarding magazine just the positioning and um the spots and oh god just some of the stuff it's hard to put into words but the way people use their skates is so much closer to uh skateboarding than it is distinctly rollerblading and it could come back to the idea that there's not actually a lot of rollerblading in rollerblading. Um, just Follow for Life really felt like a skateboarding video. And uh, a lot of the spots that people skate and stuff. Like um, some of Charging felt like a skateboarding video. Um, Alex Broskow, one of the most talented rollerbladers, super controlled and everything. He sometimes just he's like more of a skateboarder on rollerblades than a rollerblader on rollerblades and not there's not anything wrong with that but you can really see the heavy skateboarding influence in his skating and i wish um he would take it in a in a different direction and because through that a lot of rollerblading looks like skateboarding um which again that could be what rollerblading is to most people and i am actually a part of something different that's not actually um rollerblading i'm not a rollerblader i'm a rollerblader <laughs> um four i have arm waving and in brackets it says i'm guilty the arm waving can look amazing like dominique sagona this i wish i would have put more notes about this but i think it just relates to lack of smooth skating, like arm waving is, um, there's something to do with arm waving and lack of control, and um, rollerblading can look extra dorky because of arm waving and lack of control. Um, it's, it's one of the dorkiest looking activities because it's attached to your feet and it's an extension of your body, and then at the same time it can look so fucking amazing when you are in control and it's an extension of your body so it's like this catch 22 thing so 
there is awesome controlled arm waving where people are like completely in control of their body and their arms are just loose and following and then there's like there's the style where the arms are like overcompensating which I see a lot of as well and um that comes down to like basic skating styles there's just a lot of people that don't look confident on their skates skating around and that's where the arm waving comes in um next one immaturity lack of respect and one-dimensional thinking um yeah first thing rollerblading has not matured very much in my mind Todd made a good point where I mean yes there's good skating there's good modern skating but I mean shit refer back to a Feinberg section or a Latimer section uh, Louis Zamora you could name Brandon Campbell you could just name off so many people where um, there's just a lack of um, there's a, a lack of accepting diversity where um, there's almost like one style of skating that it has to be and that's what's respected and like um, what's a good example Haffy's a really good example he's incredibly talented but and his skating is amazing. He puts out good sections, quote-unquote. But, like, his 4x4 four four section, I don't even understand why. It's like leading the blind was the peak of a certain style of skating. And um, rollerblading is so immature that it's not allowing it to branch off in a bunch of different directions, which is what needs to happen for it to become something more interesting if that makes sense um and that's where the lack of respect comes in is that um there's a lack of respect towards like aggressive skaters quote-unquote are so quick to call other rollerbladers gay or that looks dorky or no wonder people hate us or people skating on the path like oh that's not us that that's the immaturity and that lack of respect creates the one-dimensional thinking that um, it's that false identity that we were given that took me so long to realize um, that we just grew up on a bunch of like a, we grew up on a fake identity that um, is still continuing to be followed blindly into it's like a people think we're on a road to somewhere and it's fine if they don't think they're on a road but um i just don't get that even thinking that we are on a road is very one-dimensional why can't we be like on a massive planet with no roads and you can just go wherever you want or floating in space aimlessly from and knocking into things without even realizing it that's um that's kind of how i like to think of it yeah it's still so mature it's only um i don't even think rollerblading is 20 years old yet in terms of doing tricks and things like that 
Uh, shit, the first rail grind was... I can't remember, 1993 or something like that? It's not even 20 years old yet. So if you look at your own development as a human being, um, who really is going to be mature at the age of 18 or 19 or 20? Like, maybe when rollerblading gets to be around 22 or 23, it's going to start to get more mature. When it gets 30, though... Damn, it's going to be really comfortable in its own skin. I'm excited about that. There's a long way to go. There's like 10 more years. How old am I going to be? When rollerblading's 30, I'm going to be almost 40. That's fucking exciting. I'm going to do a side note here. If you get a chance to look up um, Glenn Plake on YouTube, any of his interviews, he was um, one of the first quote-unquote extreme sports icons. If you've ever seen a poster of someone skiing in a mohawk, that's Glenn Plake. Um, he's in a very uh, influential ski film called Blizzard of Oz from 1998. Sorry, 1988. And uh, I was watching recent interviews with him, and he's so... He's like drinking from the fountain of youth. I think he's 43, or maybe even older than that. He still looks super healthy, and he's so comfortable in his own... He's not trying to be anything, and he's been skiing for so fucking long that any question that they throw at him about skiing, he just has these super wise answers, not through an outside-formed opinion, but from experience, that from his own experience, he has these amazing um, perceptions on skiing. And the biggest one was, <laughs> he's like, I just call it hot-dogging. That's what it is. That's what I don't care about big mountain or free riding. It's like it's all hot dogging. <laughs> I would love I would love I might start call skating hot dogging cuz how fun does that sound? That sounds so wide open. Let's go hot dogging. <laughs> oh, anyways, I'm excited for uh inline skating's 30th birthday, rollerblading's 30th birthday. Because I'm going to be 40-something and I'm going to be skating. I'm hopefully going to be really healthy and focused and wise. Um, so next one here is lack of identity and no support or community for original thinking and the avant-garde. Holy shit, that's a good one. Lack of identity is so true. That's just because it's young. Um, that's Lack of identity is the reason why you're anti or grandpa or whoever why it gets called skateboarding still because it fucking looks the same and there's not a lot of uh things that um separate it from skateboarding it looks like you know third rate skateboarding i mean at its worst there's been some new things like matthew ledoux who's been met with criticism but um if you step outside of it mixing parkour and hand plants and things like that and things that might look bizarre because you've been conditioned to grow up on a skateboarding model of rollerblading that's the shit that that will just um bring people or not bring people in but um make people look at it in in an entirely new way like oh well that that's cool i've never thought of it that way like i what I read, this is a generalized comment, but I read a comment on YouTube where it was like, I totally thought rollerblading was lame until I saw this guy. I mean, but people within rollerblading 
are saying hand plant like Matthew Ledoux's skating looks lame. There's retarded. Why don't those people just buy a fucking skateboard and get it over with? Um, Lack of identity, no support. No support or community for original thinking and avant-garde. This is where... I mean, I wish there was more time in the day to create... um, like a magazine, an online magazine or a destination that um, that was more uh, captured rollerblading in a more raw, diverse, and bizarre way, which is how I like to see it. Um, but hey, we get there eventually. Because I want to put more avant-garde. Well, that word's really funny, but I mean... It's just... It's open to do whatever you want. And... Uh, eventually there'll be a community around that. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't care either way because I've... I like to... I've been... Pursuing an idea that's related to that. So, I don't know. It's just a fun one to explore. It's almost like I would need someone here to talk about that further, so I won't go too much into that. Um, Stale videos that lack truth and the raw portrayal of a lifestyle beyond just tricks. Okay, I fucking hate that word, lifestyle. So, um... Maybe I'll rename that. Stale videos that lack truth. That's that's true. Unless you're watching the truth. Because that's true. Stale videos that lack truth. Yeah. I, I even wish I could inject more honesty into things that we make. But that's part of the fun of making things is uh, as you go along... Uh, I'm excited for future videos because I want to inject more truth and and raw honesty, um, especially approaching it from an outside perspective, where it's just um, plastic boots with wheels. You know, that is fucking funny. I still love Riley's quote where he he said, "People just need to go back and watch the funny parts of skate videos," because there's so much truth in in that, in the, in the awkwardness and dorkiness and, uh, and hilarity of a bunch of, uh, aging men strapping on inline skates. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, cause when it, cause when it tries to be forced and go the other way and tries to make it look like it's something, uh, really important that deserves to be on television and widely respected is it's even funnier so anyways portray that lack truth and a raw portrayal of a lifestyle beyond just yeah so it's not a lifestyle that word's stupid oh man lifestyle hey get a lifestyle uh, photo of me sitting in this chair uh, drinking this 
Starbucks because it, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> uh, I I don't know that it's like the um it's like on them goods. There's what is it? It's really hard to put into words, but I understand that they're trying to portray it as a lifestyle. But it's very calculated. Um, it's more about image than it is truth and honesty. Um, and it's not completely over the top. Like It's not that I disagree with it, but it's that making sure everything looks a certain way when it goes out. Um, it's missing what makes life life and being a human being a human I think I'll move on hopefully that made sense uh, next one grinder bleeding read a good thing once where if uh, we just called uh, all grinds a grind <laughs> that that was it like I did a grind like it didn't matter if you thought of grinds as just a grind like it didn't matter what grind it was and then what was the other thing if it was like right now it's I don't know 90% grinding and 10% other stuff and it was flipped around if it was 10% grinding and 90% other stuff oh man it would be so good I remember um hoax 5 there's a lot of really good when um street skating was more influenced by park skating uh, there's some amazing stuff from John Bergeron um, and Aaron Feinberg Man Andrews I think I gotta watch that video again but I remember I remember a lot of people were skating flat in that video there was um, there was just something about the way they skated street in that era that seemed more about rolling and not grinder blading. It's weird, like the, there isn't even technically, there's like Celtic frames, but like an actual frame for flat, there really isn't one. You can skate flat in current frames, but it's not optimal. Um, it's weird, weird man. Again, maybe I'm part of my own uh, thing and just me I I am my own industry <laughs> <laughs> I am my own industry not enough actual rollerblading yeah I already talked about that the idea of fashion within the context of rollerblading that's fucking funny that is that's funny the idea of fashion within the context of rollerblading. That is funny. <laughs> there are people who uh, naturally just, their, um, I guess their style is, it doesn't matter really. Um, like, style is just a. Brian Smith. Whatever you do in life, you have style. 
That was that's really good. I like that. It's almost like um, an inexplainable thing. Um, so right now, there's this. Um, I don't want to use the term hipster because, like, that's so general. Everyone is somehow. I think or what? Oh man. It, it comes back to that, that idea of um, the people that I've always respected the most. Um, there's this certain degree of confidence that they don't fucking care what they look like. And then in turn, uh, that's the supercharged confidence creates... Um, something larger than fashion, if that makes sense. Um, Arlo, like everyone in Hoax too. Brooke, eh, I don't know about Brooke, but um, Arlo had it. Ryan Smith had it. It's like real. It's relatable to that Gorf life thing. It's like Jess Spicoli was kind of he straddled the line between this dorky loser and this dude that totally inspired you to not fucking care. And um, people are trying to look like they don't care, but it actually has the the um, the opposite effect. And, um, I think I nailed it there. So I'm going to move on. False portrayal of freedom. That's a cool one. That's a really cool one. False portrayal of freedom. There's this feeling, um, of... Because of, the most important thing that Robert... Guerrero said, and it comes through in his skating, this idea, is that one of the most important things, if you were to watch someone do, an act, do any activity, the greatest thing, the greatest thing you can get from it is, is if they're showcasing freedom that overrides everything else, because um, to feel free, to feel that freedom there's a lot of power and a lot of themes, um, a lot of inspiration within that. And uh, rollerblading videos often try and uh, portray that in a very sterile and uh, calculated way where um, they're trying to communicate freedom, but they're actually uh, kind of kind of in a in a jail of um it's like everything you watch online and the videos that come out and what you've grown up watching and skating is that you're not free at all from it so you so yes you're out rollerblading with your friends or on a road trip or whatever but you're actually just trying to um make something that fits into this this world of all this shit that you've watched and 
and it's not truly something that is truly separate from all of that that's freedom that it's not actually about um, it's not about the activity or it's not about fuck okay I was on the correct tangent there here I have another note here Creative attitude and the ability to have peak experiences depends on being free of other people, free especially from neurotic involvements, from historical hangovers from childhood, but also free of obligations, duties, fears, and hopes. Fuck yes. Can I fucking read that again? I wish I wrote that, but I didn't. Thomas Merton wrote that. Creative attitude and the ability to have peak experiences depends on being free of other people, free, especially from neurotic involvements, from historical hangovers from childhood, but also free of obligations, duties, fears, and hopes. That's fucking amazing. There's another one under here that I just... that 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 nails it like if you were to go out skating and you had a peak skating experience it would have come internally from you and it would it would not be influenced at all by other people by um your involvement with things outside of skating although those things can influence it in a positive way uh, historical hangovers from childhood. That's amazing because I had a fucking hangover from um, watching skate videos that lasted for 10 years. I'm just getting over it now. Just shaking off that historical hangover. My God. I demand apologies from many, many, many video makers and people who used to skate. Thanks for nothing. Just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, those who are not too dependent upon or too closely involved with others find it easier to ignore convention and thus do not fear being original. Take that shit and run with it. Next one, in capitals, the internet. Do I have to explain this one? Do I have to explain to you why the internet is my rollerblading pet peeve? It's, it's, a, it's like a yin and a yang. It's like a cycle of uh, amazingness. And, uh, okay, if you were to really think about it, it's amazing. But it's also created um, more of a globalized idea of skating, which is monopolized by companies. Um, and I always think more people that uh, can um, 
undermine? Is that the word that I'm looking for? Not undermine. Yeah, undermine. The more things that I see that undermine um, this idea of skating and, and um, larger companies molding a, a globalized idea or vision for skating, the more that can be undermined by people going in their own directions, the more excited I get. Um, so that's why the internet is bad. It's awesome because I hate uh, DVDs. I want DVDs to go away and never come back. Um, I can't wait until, like, the system of watching things like on a TV in really high quality, like quick, fast streaming services. Um, it's almost there. It's pretty much there. But I just love being able to put things up in high quality, um, very, very quickly. You're able to um, quickly edit things and put them up. You're able to, to work a long time on a project and put it up that um, the actual experience, you can still have experiences online. I think the whole DVD thing is a bit of a lost cause. Why would you take something um, like taking information, like taking a finished project, and then put it on a DVD to put back in a machine. Like, there's just, that whole process is kind of weird. It's like, um, your coffee's ready, but you have to, uh, you have to put it in one container, but before you drink it, it has to go through another machine and into another container. Maybe that wasn't the right thing. Anyways, next one here. Sterility over expression. I'm just going to double check if sterility is a word. Not able to produce. Unproductive. Oh, here we go. Sterility. Sterility is a word. And it means lacking in imagination, creativity, or excitement. Uninspiring or unproductive. Lacking in imagination, creativity, or excitement. Yes. Yes. Sterility over expression. So true. I'm just going to leave it at that. Sterility over expression. Oh. Mm. I have a couple more here. I'll switch it up in a sec. I'll turn to a random page. Sterility over expression and put orange dots. How are you, listener? I think I'm almost overdue for that bike ride, but I'm going to finish up here. Ooh, this has been a longer one. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, well, we'll launch into it in a sec here. I'm spinning a little death, and uh, we'll just take a little break.
Oh, good, good reggae. Uh, or or dub. Just puts you in the best mood. And it's, it's you can't have um you can have too much of it, but just once in a while. Just putting that shit on. It's just, I don't know. You can do anything, and you would do it at a relaxed pace if that music was on. So it's almost bike riding time, but I have the last little bit here of my, we're finishing off my rollerblading pet peeves list from June 30th, 2009. Um, too much gloss and not enough rawness. Now, if rawness is a word or not, I think it, it, it probably is a word, rawness. Um, the DSLR revolution NHD uh, personifies this idea that um, people are worried about how things look and how they're presented and there's so much that gets lost in that idea that you don't need good equipment to communicate an idea or emotion. Um, a good example of that is like the lo-fi revolution in online music people just making stuff that still sounds awesome and has the feeling and the mood to it and they make, can make it on shitty equipment um sean c's videos are awesome because he's uh he's able to communicate his idea and, and vision of what he thinks skating is and through a very um distinct feel and he's uh he definitely, yeah, he changed the way that I looked at um, making stuff that it doesn't matter. I think sometimes, to a certain extent, I, I connect more with things that aren't HD sometimes. DSLRs are extra bad. Um, just as much as the internet has had a bad effect on skating, um, DSLRs have had a bad, 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 bad effect on skating media and media in general. When it becomes about the equipment that you use... And worrying about getting things perfect, perfect doesn't exist. And uh, it's like you could write a bestseller book on a stack of napkins, you know? You could create the most amazing piece of art on cardboard. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, like, if you... Like, you could make a masterpiece um, movie on, like, the worst cameras and edit edit them, like, VCR to VCR, you know? Think about that. Um, too much emphasis on how things should be instead of things just being. That's a good one. I want to make it like this. I want to do it like this. I really want it to be like this. Well, why not just um, create kind of a loose structure and then within that, let it just be instead of worrying about how it should be. Because then it's, I don't know, that as soon as you start trying to be something or trying to do something, um, it lacks some of that soul that makes life so worth living.
And lastly, overuse of fisheye, which um, we purposely, Mushroom Blading Volume 3 and 4, we filmed a shitload of fisheye because, um, what was it? I didn't really, I wanted it to feel like a more traditional, just straightforward kind, not old school, but just like, um, I just wanted there to be lots of fisheye, but um, Randy Ewan had a really good quote about fisheye is like, basically fisheye is like one of the worst things you can film in. And it's so true. It's amazing um, in moderation, but from an editing and uh, an editing perspective and um, an image capturing perspective, it's a very uh, limited and one dimensional to bring it back that, um, like, why is it that, what was it? It was like, if I saw, sometimes if I would see like an ASA comp on TV, I would get so stoked to go skating. And it was because it was presented in a much different way than like the raw skate video way. So there are people that absolutely perfected uh, fisheye style and like Brian Bell the reason I would have wanted to film a lot of fisheye in the last videos is because I love making dreams a reality in my daily routine but there's only so far you can go in that style also um what was it no that was the main main ones um video days that that like bible of skateboarding videos there's a lot of fisheye in that and there was there was like a raw quality to it that i really liked um but yeah if you overuse fisheye it's like looking at the world through one lens and that's bad man looking at the you gotta look at the world through a bunch of different lenses and then it creates something much more powerful in the end, you know?